Hello and welcome to episode 1118 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, December 5th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this afternoon uh, by Justin Mason. Justin, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Uh, we got a schedule switch here. We mentioned it just for those that uh, maybe didn't hear that on the last episode. We're doing Mondays now, so you'll get a Monday afternoon episode and then the Friday one. Um, but we picked a good time to switch because today's been very busy. The winter meetings have kicked off and things are going crazy. So, uh, you know, we didn't even plan this like, oh, maybe the winter meetings will offer us something. No, this is, we're doing this for our schedules and we happen to get blessed by it. And we've got another moves show because there's been enough that's going on just today. I think, uh, you know, the, the two massive moves that have happened could give us plenty of time to talk about or plenty to talk about. But we've got a lot of other moves, so let's just dive right into it. Let's start with the biggest one, even bigger than the first two, or than the two from today, is Jacob DeGrom going to Texas. He got five years, which I think is probably the biggest surprise out of the deal, uh, is that they went up to you know the, f- the five years with him, 185 mil. You know we don't talk terms too much, not always our, our biggest concern in fantasy. I am surprised that a team went to five years, though, just because of the – amount or or lack thereof pitching that we've seen out of DeGrom these last couple of years. And so, you know, the Mets, obviously Mets fans were, were stricken by this. Don't worry. They're going to be a lot happier when we talk about the next move after this, but let's focus on DeGrom to Texas. They were early front runners. This talk I think was happening toward the end of the regular season, even like, Hey, Texas could be in on this and they get it done. What was your first reaction when you saw Texas inking uh, Jacob DeGrom to a five-year deal? I thought uh, good for the Rangers. Like you know, like the Rangers, they've I think overpaid on a lot of their free agents. But I think that's what you have to do when you're an organization that is really kind of down the dumps and they're trying to turn things around fairly quickly. And um, they went from a team that like real weakness was a starting rotation, um, or at least one of their real weaknesses, uh, into a pretty big strength. I talked about this, you know, on on Twitter after it happened. Um, you know, they now have DeGrom, John Gray, Martin Perez, Jay Coderizzi, uh, and Dane Dunning with all those guys that were like, oh, who's going to be their fifth starter now going to be in the minor leagues and Spencer Howard and Glenn Otto and uh, Cole Raggins. Um, you know, now they've got a ton of depth and you almost wonder, hey, are they going to either move guys like, um, uh, you know, Dunning or... Uh, or Spencer Howard into the bullpen to bolster that because that is now the glaring weakness. I think that's what they do. I, I thought you were going to say trade. I don't think they should trade. You never you can never have too much pitching depth. We talk Absolutely. about that all the time. And I like Otto and Reagans. Um, Cole Wynn and Jack Leiter have a chance to contribute this year yeah. too. Very much so with Wynn, um, Leiter. We have him as 2023 ETA. I agree with that. But he did pitch in Double A this year, so it's not like a guarantee if he was, uh, you know, if he doesn't get that that control think, in order if, if a little he, bit. I think if he forces the issue, he could be up. But I think Cole That's what I'm is saying. Up early. And, yeah, I totally yeah. agree there. Leiter had a 13% walk rate at double A. So if that doesn't start to come forward a little bit and they start to see him develop, I could see a full year in triple A or maybe just a September call. But like you said, win could be up relatively mm-hmm. quickly. There's even a universe where maybe he breaks camp if things are breaking out perfectly and he has a huge spring and, and they say, hey, you won the fifth starter job. Like that's how much win could make an impact. So – you're right. They have turned this from a total weakness 
to maybe not a strength, but much more formidable now. And of course, you get the one of the best pitchers in the universe, the the arguable best pitcher, you know, inning for inning in Degrom. That's going to help. Need to find some health with Gray. Uh, you know, getting out of Colorado did help him improve his results, but did not keep him any healthier as as he still battled that. Uh, nobody believes that Martin Perez is going to fully hold what he did last year, but he doesn't need to, right? He's a mid-rotation guy. Even if he puts up his Sierra from this past year, which was 408, that's skill interactive ERA, which gets to the heart of you know the actual talent that he had given his strikeouts, walks, home runs, and all that, 408 would be co- completely fine in the middle of the rotation. Odorizzi's a guy, nice five and dive. And then, like you said, Dunning, Reagans, Howard, Otto, who are they going to pick from from there? You got to love it. Let's focus on DeGrom specifically. Mets to the Rangers. Anything that uh, that changes your outlook on him there, whether it's the team support, the uh, uh, stadium, the surrounding division, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a worse offense. So maybe you get a little bit less uh, team support in terms of the runs they're going to produce for him. Uh, and- although, although, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the Mets offense was never, never really too keen on supporting him, even though they yeah. are of course on paper better than the Rangers, but you know, a little improvement from this Rangers offense where Seager, Semyon, and low are kind of pulling in the same direction with a Josh young popping off, maybe a Leota Tavares, mm-hmm. maybe another piece or two coming through. Might they just be as good as the Mets, the Mets version that DeGrom got, not the Mets version that, you know, their full season numbers, but the one that he got the shitty support it's, one, there might not but- be a huge difference. It's potentially, yeah, it's potentially a pretty neutral move. Uh, you know, you look at like the X home runs. He might have given up. He might give up one or two more home runs uh, in uh, in Texas as opposed to uh, in uh, in City Field. So I don't know. It's I think it's a pretty neutral move for the most part. I, agree. Uh, I you know, division's still going to be tough, uh, but um, you know, you still get the bottom feeder team that he had in. Uh, in the America or NL East, uh, Washington is now Oakland and better to pitch in the, in Oakland than it is Washington. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a little improvement. The stadiums in the West are all pretty great to pitch in outside of maybe the angels. Um, You know, Houston, I guess is probably not the best place, but it's it's more neutral, but their lineup makes it, Mm -hmm. makes it scary. But yeah, you know, they've got a powerhouse there with Houston. That's, you know, like facing the, the Braves. But then I think that the rest of it lines up. And, of course, we're going to talk Philly. They went to the World Series. They're a good club. Um, that's on par, you know, with, I think, what what Seattle is, you know, in terms of another yep. quality team there. So I do think that, that all that's pretty neutral as far as the stuff around DeGrom. Okay, now we need to talk uh, DeGrom himself. I think we've talked a bit about this when you were doing your projections. And, you know, even when you were really muting his innings and and keeping them down, he still was winding up number one or very high on your projection sheet. How many innings is Jacob DeGrom going to get? And are you going to pay for him? Are you going to go for him knowing that you probably can't expect much more than, I don't know, 160 innings? Like, what? What did you put for him in your projections, and what is the uh, what is the realistic expectation? Those might be the same answer. Yeah, that's the really tough part is figuring out where his innings total um, comes this year, and and trying to get my there we go. I put one thirty five while you're pulling yours up. I, I have one forty. So I'm, still, he was fourth on my sheet. Where's he on yours? Um, I'm pretty sure even with one forty, he was the 
top overall. Pick. I believe like, it. They're, they're, I believe it. Pretty pretty darn close to it. Um, you know what? I I I cut the wins pretty hard. Not even for Texas. This was just in, in general. Again, going back to the <laughs> lack of support he usually got from the Mets. So that's what kind of undercut him a little bit. But he's not that far behind. Uh, actually, my number three might surprise you, uh, Carlos Rodon, and then um, Cole and Burns are actually as far as projections. That's my top four. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to see if my uh, my spreadsheet will come up that has the actual dollar values. Um, but let's see. I got 20, 25.95 for him, so we'll call it 26 bucks. But then Rodon was at 26.07, so they're really yeah. 12 cents apart. I gave I gave him 11 wins that dropped him down. That's what to, I got. Uh, that dropped him down to third. Um, so and I have him fourth in my ranks because I still kept uh, 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 Cole over him. Yeah, so so. Uh, now comes the question of will you pay for it? Because it's going to be a first, second round pick come main event season. Right now in draft champions, by the way, I really think people are uh, overjudging the lack of pitching going early in draft champions uh, in terms of relating it to how it's going to look in draft season in March. There's always a push up. It does not matter. There will be in the main event, there will be a push up. There might not be a, a lot of first round pitchers because that was kind of the, the talking point, but there will be six or seven in the second round. And there'll probably be two or three that do push up into the first. So try not to judge the SP market from draft champion season as a way of what you're going as a, a way to try to figure out what you're going to be able to get in main event and, and uh, redraft league season, whether you play the main event or not. So as a first, second round pick, do you see yourself buying DeGrom anywhere? Um, maybe. Okay. Uh, if if I what sort of scenarios? Let's hear. I think if I start with like a top five pick and he's there in the second round, I think okay. That, so if it gets back, maybe a little bit too yeah. far as far as you're considering, I, I, like it, it seems really unlikely that'll happen for me, only because um, if he is pitching well, once we get to those March drafts, and you he's know the looks round. good, he's going in the first round, and I'm There's I no will doubt. not. And we're talking about DeGrom, by the way. Sorry, yeah. we haven't said his name in a while. This is DeGrom that we're getting in on. And I totally, 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 totally agree with you there. The second that he's dominating in spring, price going through the roof. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Are you more inclined to purchase DeGrom services in an auction league where you have control over that and then you can go get another first rounder if you wanted with your budget and you're not hamstrung to missing out on those hitters, uh, does auction make you more inclined to go for somebody like Degrom or not? Uh, I think it might, uh, especially if I go, hey, I'm going to leave this with two aces, um, and you know Degrom's going to be one of them. I think I'm more inclined to do it in a league where I have unlimited IL spots. Uh, yeah, you know, and so like NFBC, like if I do the ultimate auction or not the ultimate, the uh, um, auction championship again this year. There's no IL spots in in that, yep. you know. Or if I'm in a league with only three IL spots, I, I just am much more reluctant to take that risk. Uh, but a league like Tout Wars with unlimited IL spots, I could definitely make the argument there that I should do it and that I, I could do it. Uh, Tout Wars NL really, only, right? No, I, I'm in the mix. Oh, you're so. in the mix, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Pardon me. Um, Continue. I I think the hard part though is starting pitching is so deep this year like it's it's just so so deep uh and i just you know when when you're when you're getting guys like lucas giolito who's a former you know first round starting pitcher 
you know, outside the top 50 starters, like, why even take, if I'm going to take the risk, why not take the risk on a guy like Giolito than paying for the first round guy in DeGrom? Like, I just... The, the upside is slightly different between those two, though, too. And I understand what sure, you're saying. Sure, absolutely. There. But, like, is it, like, if they both hit their upside, like, how much more, like, is is it, are we talking 50 starting pitchers difference? No, we're, we're not. Like, we're, we're talking, you know, the first versus the fifth starting pitcher, right? Like, Julian's not quite going that late, though. He's the 42nd pitcher off the Okay, but still, 40. I mean, that's still, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, like, because like, outside the top 50, I think. Okay, I'm so, like, you see, are they, a, is, are they a 40 starting pitcher difference? Even if they, you know, at, focus at upsides, no, but you also have to factor in. And I don't like to. I'm not um, going to get Giolito anywhere. Like, this oh, I is thought, such a random example. Is I, know, a, I, have, uh, you know, I have Giolito like 60th. You're, um, you're, you're quitting him then, right? Aren't you a previous Giolito fan? Yeah, he was my he was my SP one. That's my, that's uh, what I thought. Okay. Cluster, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so this is a scorned lover uh, eschewing yeah. well, for, for just, the relationship. I mean, Giolito, Giolito like. I mean, I, I could definitely get back in if he looks like himself in um, in spring. But here's the tough thing about that, though, Justin. He looked like himself throughout many parts yeah. of 2020. In games where yes. he then gave up five or six rounds. Yeah, He was uh, so frustratingly inconsistent that I don't even know that three, four starts in spring are no. going to put me all the way back in. And it was not a single – there was no smoking gun on, on three or four starts in spring, like – if he does that, he will be back to being a. That's also true. He'll, he'll be like top twenty-five. No, yeah, there's no way uh, I'll be able to do that. He, his real issues was when he fell behind the counts. Like you yes. look at, um, I, 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 on a recent article, if you go to Fangrass and look at, I think it's his top article. It's mine. Um, it is the overvalued. Yeah, and like I, I did a whole graph on like when he fell behind the counts, like what he was doing. He just became hittable. He just, you know, he just lived in the zone um, when he fell by in counts. With, with to... weak pitches, too, right? It's, it's awesome. one of those yeah. things where, you know, the way to envision it based on these numbers that Giolito was putting up, basically if he got behind, he panicked and, like, yeah. he forced it in there, you know, it was basically just lobbing one in to make sure it was over the plate, but then it was over the fence, right? Yeah. And home runs were a big issue. So didn't mean to derail on Giolito. You were yeah. just making a comp on somebody that you'd rather take a gamble on. I totally get that. Let me ask you since we've, we've talked about this guy as a gamble a few different times, would you take the discounted gamble or actually maybe not that discounted? That's kind of the thing we've been talking about on somebody like Tyler Glass now returning at his price or DeGrom in that first, second round range. Uh, no, I think I'd rather have DeGrom. Okay. I, I know, I know that you're still pretty out on glass. Now he's the 25th pitcher off the board. DeGrom, by the way, is seventh. So right now he is at something of a discount. Um, I don't have isolated to when he signed, though, so he'll definitely go up from there. And again, come spring, the second we see DeGrom being DeGrom. I think if you're going to take a shot on DeGrom, now it's time. Like now, I, I, I mean, fully, I, you're, you're not going to. fully gonna, agree. I mean, like, I think even moving to Texas won't raise his price a ton because people no. are going to be like, oh, it, it's a worse team. It'll just be um, because he's signed. There's that certainty yeah. of being signed. Not that we it's just yeah, psychological. everybody knew everybody knew was going to get signed but yeah I, I agree like anytime someone's name's just mentioned we're gonna we're you get a bump but you get a little um, you could actually see him slip a little bit if people are afraid of like what his win potential in is in that division True. with you know the astros and the the uh the mariners in there so 
Um, though, I mean, how much different is that than, you know, going up against the Braves and the Phillies who just went to the World Series? Like, I, I don't think it is. So. And again, the way they supported him or didn't, his yeah. win probability in, in New York was always tough for DeGrom. He has well. a chance to win a game every time he's on the mound. Like, the question yeah. is how many how many times is he going to be on the mound? So, so um, that's, yeah, that's DeGrom to Texas. Let's talk about how he was replaced because obviously Mets fans – you know, they did not uh, feel great. I saw some coping pretty hard and saying, well, I, we, we didn't want him anyway, dude. Uh, I, I, I hate that guy now. <laughs> there were some real, uh, real turns on DeGrom trying to convince themselves that they didn't really want him anyway. Now, I will agree that, you know, it's not my money, but uh, so, you know, never get too caught up in in how much a uh, player is, is is making unless you're paying the money for it right like some of the reactions are always weird the only issue that i have on something like this is if the five-year deal at that term causes a ripple effect of not purchasing other players to to go around a player. that's the only reason to, like be upset about a potential contract otherwise if the team is going to keep spending after they sign it why would you care? Just, I, I want to just echo something I said on Twitter after the signing. Um, because I can't remember who it was, was outlined, might have been Metaggart, Brian Metaggart. Um, mm -hmm. but just was outlining like how much uh, the Rangers have spent in free agency in the last two years like 800 million dollars. Damn, um, a billion, dude. Uh, and I think that didn't even include like the Martin Perez re signing. Um, you know, like. Every team can afford every player. Yes. Like, there's just no, like, the Rangers, who was one of the worst teams in baseball, like, like two years ago. Like, like um, every team can sign every player. It's just, and if I hear one more person say that Texas Rangers are a small market in Dallas, fucking Fort Worth, I'm going to scream, dude. Dallas is a massive market. You just mean a less popular team that isn't doing well when you say small market. If, if you say... Dallas, Texas is a small market. I, I, I didn't see it prominently, but I saw enough that it drove me insane. Well, a small market team getting DeGrom. That is not a small market. Stop yeah. it. Stop Every it. team just got $200 million from that deal with Disney. Like, every team got $200 million, and there will be plenty of teams that do not have a $200 million player. Yep. I, and I mean, we're going to get into a signing that was the biggest ever for a team. And it ain't one of these top ones. Mm -hmm. Every team has money. The ones that don't spend uh, are doing it by choice. Do not buy yep. into the myth of poor team. We've beat this drum a lot before, but we're going to beat it every year until people understand that. Like, d don't, don't suck up to owners and be like, oh, well, they just can't afford it, dude. Anyway, Mets tears dried up quickly. I mean, they, they had a weekend to get it out. Um, you know, the Jets lost too. And I, I know not all Mets fans are Jets fans, but because they rhyme, I think a lot of them they are. should be. Yeah. And uh, my buddy Paul Costava is, is a diehard for both. So, you know, they lost as well. So it was a tough weekend, but fret not Monday morning brought a lot of joy to them as they inked Justin Verlander to replace Jacob deGrom. Not a bad feeling when you can get the, a the reigning AL Cy Young to fill in for your uber god who just left to Texas. Interestingly enough, Houston, uh, uh, Verlander is coming via Texas, not the Rangers, of course, but the state of, uh, from the Astros. He's going to sign a two-year term. So maybe it was something about the length of deal with deGrom that uh, gave the Mets pause because we know it wasn't the, the mm -hmm. per year because they're, they're willing to spend. And they turned around they, and showed that with reportedly. JV. Reportedly, the Mets did not want to go a fifth year, and I don't blame um, them. Yeah, I, I, like, I know it's Jacob Degrom. I know he's a god, and I know you plan for you know 
part of the term of a long-term deal for somebody in their 30s to not be very good. Even still, five years felt really tough, especially when I can turn around and get Verlander for two mm-hmm. at 87, even at his elevated age. So he's going to go there to the Mets, uh, basically a perfect fill-in for DeGrom. How do you feel about Verlander going from Houston to the Mets? Any real change there for you on Outlook? Uh, yeah, I mean, worse offense, um, but it's also a park that I think I'm double checking, but I think the park's going to play him. Park is little. better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a decent bit. The mm-hmm. city field is maybe underratedly great for pitchers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 26 I, I in park factor over the last mm-hmm. three years. And that's just in whole number. So it's a 96 and you get, there's like a lot of ties, right? Um, once you get past the outliers at the top, uh, Coors, Great American and Fenway at 112, 111, and 109, respectively. There is a tight band from 104 to 98 that encompasses teams uh, ranking from 4 to 23. So, you know, these are small changes here, but the bottom line is City Field at a 96 rating has always been very good to pitch in, and it does not boost anything offensively. Take, for example, somewhere like Comerica that ranks just above them at 24th. They overly inflate triples like crazy because of some of that spacious outfield. And same with doubles. Like even some of these hit pitcher-friendly parks have things that they do well for hitters. City Field got none of it. They are blue across the board except for strikeouts, which means that you get more strikeouts as a pitcher. So you want that to be red if you're looking at a pitcher. So you look at Verlander in City, going to be a better field, maybe a slightly worse offense, probably negligible. He doesn't move in your rankings then, right? No, no, I don't. I don't think he moves in my ranks at all. And um, there were, I had a question in my chat today, like, "Hey, are you worried about him pitching in cold weather um, after being?" He's like, "Well, he pitched one. He pitched in Detroit, so yeah. I'm not like super worried about that." And two, like, if anything, like, I might give him a little bit of a bump because most of these hitters are not gonna have seen him a ton. Um, the first time pitching in the National League, so That's also true. Uh, That's also true. Yeah, By the way, but, quick mention. Mets offense was better than Houston's. That's be- be- better offense based on the past. That, 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 that early that early start was just so dominant for them. They, I mean, yeah, they they were incredible. Uh, they were second in average, second in OBP, sixth in OPS. Houston was 12, 7, and 7. So, mm-hmm. you know, not a huge change there, but just just want to give the Mets offense their props. Um, yeah, you know, that you could have some guys that aren't as familiar with Verlander. Of course, there's video and stuff. Those those gaps are are thinned out due to technology these days, but you could certainly have some of that. And Verlander's just dominant. Um, I know last year you had the pause button on him with regards to him, Verlander coming off TJ. You didn't want to pay the premium. I understood that. I was not sharing that with you, but I, I understood. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to blast anybody that didn't want to pay for a 38-year-old coming off of TJ. I've got my bias. He's my favorite pitcher ever. And I that bias, you know, sometimes your bias can help you a little bit. And I got I got lucky on uh, the great season there. What about now? Now his price is uh, you know obviously higher than it was this time last year. But by the time draft season rolled around, he was pretty high. He goes out, has this amazing season. Verlander is now going to be the seventh pitcher off the board. Let me see here. No, lower twelfth, twelfth. Yeah, he's the twelfth pitcher off the board. A relative discount, you know, all things considered. Are you interested? Oh yeah. I'm completely interested. I haven't gotten him yet, but um, for some reason, I really like the old guys this year. I'm a big fan of Scherzer. Um, You're in on the old heads. I'm uh, a big fan, and I'm I'm in on Mets apparently now. Um, even though I didn't when I did my projections, I didn't know <laughs> that 
uh, Verlander was going to necessarily be a Met. Uh, so, yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like he, uh, for some reason, my projection is not seeing him. Uh, very hard. You have Justin Verlander ranked 198. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be, that would be really weird. Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah, I have him as my seventh pitcher. Um, there you go. But via my projections and how many innings? Um, I think I have him 10th via my uh, my ranks. So um, probably need to move him up a little bit. I have uh, Verlander for da, 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 uh, 180 innings. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know. It seems right now that that's the only thing that can stop him is health, right? That's the yeah. only thing that derailed him to this point. Um, he'd had he was absolutely dominant 18 19, gets the TJ in 20, it eats up 20 and 21, comes back, wins a Cy Young. I mean, you could talk about how, listen, 175 ERA that he had, he didn't quite earn that quote unquote based on his underlying metrics. I, I understand that. I, I grant that that is, is the case with Verlander. Okay, give him his ERA indicators, and you're still going to be very happy. Even the 309 Sierra, like who's upset with that if you got a low three ERA from him? But I think there's reason to believe that you can get another sub three ERA, bunch of strikeouts, quality innings, and uh, wins potential. So Verlander stays a god. Let's move on then to Kershaw staying with the Dodgers. Not a whole lot here because he stays. This is another name off the board. How do you feel about Kershaw? Obviously, you have your anti-Dodgers bias, but I know that mm -hmm. not let that uh, keep you from drafting one if you think they're the right player at the right time. You're trying to win, not uh, impress your fandom on everything with your fantasy teams. Do you take Kershaw you know, as a 120-inning type guy? I mean, I think that's where we should be with our expectations these days. I don't know how Steamer gets to 163 innings. I think the yeah. best we could really do is a buck 40. In fact, I think that's what my projection is. And even that's a bit friendly because we have not seen that the last two years. But knowing that uh, the market understands that Kershaw is no longer uh, an innings guy, are you comfortable buying him as the 39th pitcher off the board for 120 to 140 innings with Kershaw? Uh, I'm about there. I have him 42nd. Okay. Uh, and uh That's not bad. so i mean i'm like i think i'm right there with uh like the adp uh you know so yeah he's 39 I'm, so you're you are right there i'm i'm pretty high then because i've got him got him in the upper 30s there probably 140 innings maybe a little bit rich of a projection i i mean i have him for 125 it's pretty much what he's done the last two seasons yep he did 121 and 126 is uh if i'm remembering correctly uh and so like i have a really hard time projecting him for more than that now I think the argument for him, at least the way the Dodgers stand right now, so the, it would be the argument to say, "Hey, the Dodgers don't have the arms that they used to. Walker mm -hmm. Bueller is not going to be back any, you know, anytime soon, or maybe late in the season, something like that." Um, you know, Andrew Heaney is probably not returning. Tyler Anderson definitely not returning. Uh, so they may need him a little bit more. They're, they may not have the luxury of being like, "Hey, here's an IL stint." <laughs> you know, rest up for the playoffs and stuff. They may be in a position, um, even with a team like the Padres, you know, potentially, you know, uh, challenging for that division, you know, after beating in the playoffs. So mm -hmm. they may have to have him pitch a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, you know, uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I mean, I think on a per inning basis, he's just a fantastic pitcher. It's just a matter of how many innings can we really project? I'm not comfortable projecting more than 125. Uh, considering, uh, you know, he hasn't thrown more than what 126 since 2019. 
Yeah, um, it's been it's been a while. Like, I, yeah. I don't think that's out of pocket to to be pretty cautious on the innings and and lean low. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, one forty is like the high end I would do. I actually looked at my thing; it is one twenty four that I have. So yeah, I, I knew I was in the one twenty to one forty range. One twenty four is where I come out. And if you get anything extra from Kershaw, that's gravy, right? Yeah, I I would not plan on that though. I really mm -hmm. don't think that you want to go in saying, "Oh, I'm gonna get one forty put him at a number that you can really be comfortable with and understand that you might not even reach that goal, but on a per inning basis for, uh, excuse me, Kershaw is still absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And that's why I am willing to pay the market price of the 39th pitcher off the board. I, I think if you have a really stable one, two, he's a great number. Three. Exactly. Like, literally took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. If I got, if I've got some perceived workhorses at least, cause you never know, but if I've got Sandy and you know, another uh, veteran in that, in that, uh, SP two range that I think is an innings guy. You know, I I think uh, Musgrove. Like put a Fra up. yeah, Framber Musgrove. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I go Sandy um, Framber, I got no problem going Kershaw. Yeah. I might be a little light on uh, on K's there, although the volume that those two have offsets their K rates. So yeah, not a whole lot of change there with Kershaw, but that's another ace off the board that does leave Carlos Rodon as the ace. Uh, you know, the the number one ace that's left. Where do you where do you, where do you like him? Uh, give me give me a favorite or two. I'm not going to hold you to it too much, but where do you see him landing? Uh, apparently, the latest report is that he's seeking a six year deal, so that's going to put some teams off. I'm sure, just given his health track record. You know, he stayed healthy these last two years and had excellent seasons. You know, the talent is there, but can you really pay for six years? He is going to be age 30 this year. Who do you like for Rodon? Give me a front runner or two. I mean, I hate to say it, but the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get I it. Mean, the 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 Dodgers, the Red Sox, maybe. Still want, um, I still want the Orioles to do it. Now the Orioles did get an ace. We'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah, they did. Uh, they they, they um, got a stud, but, but the I, Orioles. I, I, I mean, I I love them uh, to get him uh, as well, but I just I don't know that I I they, I don't know that that's. Yes. I think they're going to spread the money out a little bit more. You know, they signed the guy that we're going to talk about in a moment. I think they might sign three, four players as opposed to going out and making that big stomp, you know, big play for somebody like Rodon. But I was, I want them to kind of keep their Seattle Mariners growth trajectory happening. And, you know, the Mariners signed Robbie Ray. So I think Carlos Rodon's a perfect analog for Baltimore mm -hmm. to do that and then make the playoffs. But yeah, I, I think uh, one of the top teams makes a lot of sense. And because of the, uh, lack of of depth from the Dodgers that we're used to seeing, um, and we didn't really see this past year, and we, they don't have it going into next year. I do think that they could be in on him. Baltimore's still going to be my my heart pick, what I wish for, but I do think a top team, especially if he stands firm on that six years, I think a top team will come in and make the play. Let's talk about a couple of smaller tier uh, pitchers that are off the board, including the, the Baltimore one. We'll actually start with him. Let's go Kyle Gibson to Baltimore. It's probably why they don't need Rodon, right? They got an absolute yeah. superstar pitcher here. Now, I'm not sure I can be convinced otherwise, but you can try to convince me. This, to me, seems like a landscaping play. Their landscaping guys just weren't cutting it with all the mm -hmm. new extra space from the outfield. And because of that, they knew that they had to uh, get somebody who could really do the job and, you know, we'll see what he can do on the mound, but Cal Gibson is going to be able to cut that extra outfield grass mm -hmm. very well. So I think that was the basis of the signing. Well, you can have a baseball take if you want about it. Well, you have to think too, with the new dimensions, there's more outfield grass to cut. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like that, so, that, that becomes so crucial yeah. 
for them to get done, and the old guy just couldn't hack it. Yeah, no, he I saw I, all that extra real estate, and he just wasn't doing the job. I think you're right, uh, but uh, I mean, listen, I grew up in Washington D.C. before the Nationals. So what team did I grow up kind of rooting for? Oh, Baltimore, really that's right. Big fan is Baltimore. Um, you know, I talked really, about that here and there before. Yeah, so like, uh, I was never really, I wasn't really a baseball fan until I started playing fantasy. That happened when I moved after I moved to California. So mm -hmm. uh, that's how I become became a Giants fan. Though there's actually a better story behind it. I'll tell one day. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of like a little bit of like for me, like. Uh, a, a nice sweet moment, right? Um, the uh, man I've always loved is going to a city that I've always, you know, had a you know soft spot for. So, uh, and I think this is a really good uh, landing spot for him, right? I mean, we see a lot of these right-handed pitchers do really, really well in Baltimore because of these new dimensions. Um, they had like four Kyle Gibsons in the rotation last year, right? Like, yeah. Like how is Austin Voth all that different? I don't say that to blast Voth. I mm -hmm. like Voth. I, I think, you know, we, we've had our, all of our jokes about Gibson and he ended up burning me last year because I tried to steal him from you. And if I had just gotten rid of him after Yeah, if you just August, cut him like I originally said you should. Well, after. At the very beginning, yes. If I had just cut him after April, I would have gotten five stars of a yeah. 293 ERA. But even yeah, holding him all year, if I had just gotten off the train in August because the 973 ERA in September was the real killer from Kyle wow. Gibson. I will say this, by the way, he did have a, a favorable home road split where he was actually better at home, and obviously Philly's a good hitter's park, so he's going to get a much friendlier park here going to Baltimore. I think it could be in line with Texas, and we saw what he was able to do. In I'm not saying he's going to put up a sub-3 ERA again, but he flourished in Texas because of what, Justin? A .7 homer 9, and the new Baltimore obviously plays mm -hmm. way better than Baltimore's ever played. And I do feel like if, if we see the home run suppression there again this year, that could really favor Gibson. So for all the jokes that we make about him, I might actually be in next year. Now, after originally saying I'm crossing him off because of how much he hurt me this year. What do you, yeah, what do you think? Are you going to, are you going to be buying? I know you were never out. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm always, of course I'm going to buy it. But what about at a raised price? Let's let, okay. Let's uh, like, let me get, what's the price right now? Like it yeah, can't, like, be, it can't, it be, can't be expensive. He is the 581. Like, I mean, yeah, he's, like he's I, an afterthought. So. If, even if he jumps up a hundred spots, I'll take a shot. Dude, him. even if he's pick, pick 400, yeah. like that would be pitcher 98. I think you would do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I mean, then he'd be going around Nick Pavetta, Michael Waka, um, he's Domingo Herman. Yeah, that's exactly about Nick Zach, Zach Eflin. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm taking Nimble there. That's exactly uh, but, the world he's in. So I, I think he does become Cal Gibson does get back more into some of the mixed league realm where he can at least be a team streamer for you. Um, just don't steal him from one of your best friends because the karma will come back to burn you. It might yeah, take yeah, six that, months to manifest, but it will eventually that, hit you. That's some brutal karma. Um, Honestly, I, I wish that karma had not come around. I, I would have liked to see you cash in the main, especially if I wasn't going to. Uh, I think what this does, though, do is start making a real um, uh, kind of a real log jam, especially if they do go sign another starter. Yeah. They've got all these guys that, like, had, like, you know, mini breakouts, and then they came back to earth, and, you know, Tyler Wells, Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer, uh, like, you know, so, you know, we've got Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, and both, uh, you know, Rodriguez on the, um, you know, DL Hall, mm -hmm. like they've got, they've got some options. And so like, if you have 
one of these guys that you really like with, you know, for me, it, it's, it's, um, uh, Bradish. I'm a Bradish uh, guy too. I agree. Uh, but like a couple of these guys are probably gonna find themselves outside the rotation looking in. Uh, no doubt. But that's, you know, I think in DC season, you should still stay committed to them because teams cycle through starters. You don't have to be as afraid. It, but it, Injuries happen, you know, yes. maybe they can use this as a reason not to bring up Grayson Rodriguez to start the year, um, you know, so. But then you got to pay, be paying attention in spring to see who is angling for those jobs because you don't want to take too many six, seven starters um, in a redraft. In, in Rodon makes a lot of sense, too, because I just looked at their you. rotation. It is all right. All righties. You go so. Rodon, Bradish, Gibson, Wells, Grayson as the five. You got Kramer. And uh, both as depth, you got DL Hall still working out his command. I mean, Bruce Zimmerman, Spencer Watkins. I mean, they go Spencer Watkins did some decent things. Yeah, Michael Bowman. You know, these guys aren't studs, but it's depth. They have legit depth that they can run almost 10 deep at this point. I still think Rodon could be in play for them and actually would be a good fit. Let's stay in the AL East, talk Zach Eflin. He was the deal I was talking about that was the biggest ever for the team that signed him, and it was indeed the Rays. This was their, their biggest free agent signing That's ever. That's insane. Is, that is the biggest one they've ever done. It really uh, it really speaks negatively to, to them. Uh, but three-year deal, $40 million guaranteed. Now, I was a little – critical is probably not the right word. I'm not just trying to cover because I'm, you know, quote-unquote wrong at, at this point. But I was – openly questioning why Eflin turned down his portion of the mutual option for 15 mil. And I was like, well, where are you going to get 15 mil, especially now that you're a reliever? That was my biggest thing that I was wrong on, though, was that he was going to be a reliever coming into this year. And I was quickly, I don't want to say corrected, because again, there was it wasn't like an acrimonious thing. It was just a, a discussion point. People were like, ah, I think he's probably going to be starting still, so he can maybe get a, a pretty good multi-year deal. And those folks were right. Three years, 40 mil, is way better than 115 for Zach Eflin, and he is going to be starting again. Now, goes to the Rays, and it's a double-edged sword. Instantly, when somebody goes to the Rays as a pitcher, you're excited because it's the Rays. Oh, what can they do? Can they can they get the, the max out of this guy? Sure. Conversely, though, you think about innings. Are they going to limit his innings and make him a five-and-dive kind of guy? I don't necessarily think that I'm too worried about that. He doesn't have – Zach Eflin does not have major third-time-through issues that make me think that they're going to have to fully smother him and get him out of there after those first two times through. So I think there is a chance that Zach Eflin could be a solid, you know, five, six, seven inning guy for them. Now, this past year, he did have a bit of that third time through. It went from 570 the second time through to 795 third time through. Although he weirdly got beat up early too, 827 OPS the first time through for Zach Eflin. But looking at his career, you see a uh, 765, excuse me, 760, pardon me, I lost my spot there, 784 second time through, 773 third time through. Do you think Zach Eflin can be a consistent five-plus inning guy with the Rays? Um, I think he can. Uh, I don't know if we know exactly what Zach Eflin is, which is weird uh, to yeah. say, but a guy at his age. Um, 
like well, he, there's he, some real love for him too by the way in that thread again this was back when he declined his mutual people were like hey he's got some really good pitches if the right team got him little did they know it would be the raise if the right team gets him they could pare down that arsenal mm-hmm. a bit and really have something it kind of got me excited about Eflin and then he signs with a team that we always get excited about and now all of a sudden I'm kind of in yeah I think I think the Rays will do what the Rays do, which is toy the things a little bit. Um, so uh, I'm I'm kind of excited because I was kind of excited already once I realized he wasn't going to be in Philadelphia and he was going to be signing somewhere else. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited uh, to see what he's going to do in that stadium because remember, I mean, this is a place where a lot of hitters had a hard time adjusting to that batting eye, which always helps the pitchers a little bit. And they also need a guy who is going to just throw in it, right? Like, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, At some point, you got to let somebody eat up some innings, mm-hmm. and I do think Eflin could be that guy here. Again, he has depth of arsenal, so you're not worried about – that's a lot of times why they limit these guys because they're two-pitch uh, – Rasmussen, two-pitch guy. Um, you know, Jake Odorizzi was a two-pitch guy, so you can, you know, they have countless others too. Where they got the two good pitches, but they don't really have that third. They can't turn the lineup over and get those opposite handers. I don't think Eflin has that problem. And if they've got some plans for what they want to do with his arsenal, I don't see why he can't be a consistent five, six inning guy. I mean, they let Jeffrey Springs come out of the bullpen and, and put up a lot more five plus six inning starts than people probably realize. Mm-hmm. I think Eflin can definitely be that guy. So I, like I said, I'm intrigued and I think he's going to be somebody that I end up drafting it. You know, I don't want to say a decent bid because maybe just one or two, but I like Eflin yeah. in Tampa Bay. I'll be interested to see where his price goes because I mean the price is definitely going to go up now that he's signed with the Rays. Yeah, such a big deal. Um, What's but, the high end for you? Where, where's he at now, and what what do you think the high end is? I think he's around four seventy. Okay, um, I think he was like right in that. Um, I, I didn't update where, one yesterday. I, sh- I shouldn't have asked you. I should have just looked. Let me uh, get it. Uh, yeah, so he's four seventeen right now. Okay. Um, if he bump, I mean, the hard part is if he bumps up, you know, fifty spots, then he's in the Alex Wood area, Adam Wainwright area, Luis Ortiz area. I like him better uh, than all those guys. What are you talking about? Oh, you do? Uh, what about Jose Suarez? I like Suarez. I like Suarez. We we've talked about Suarez. I'm uh, I think from our own discussions of him, I, I kind of got hyped on him. Yeah, I mean, he moves into an area of guys I like. Not necessarily I like necessarily more than Eflin. But guys, I really like, and so he he won't be off my board, but like he'll be competing with some guys I'm I'm pretty high on. You know, Kyle Bradish is in that area. Um, yeah, it, he's in that range where you probably have guys you're a fan of, but he yeah. would join. Eflin's going to join my group of guys I'm a fan of in that. Yeah, range. he'll be he'll be in that tier. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right, let's shift gears and go to the. Uh, hitters because we have a massive move we were just ranking these in order of impact obviously this move would have been probably second on our list or third but i wanted to go hitters or pitchers then hitters trey turner to philly literally like 20 minutes before we started Mm -hmm. 11 years 300 mil this was this was another one that was like rumored pretty heavily uh, they were a, a front runner and they made it happen what do you think about trey turner going back to the nl east this time joining philly uh, I mean, I, I love it. Like he gets, you know, one of my favorite players getting away from my least favorite team. Now all they need to do is like trade away Mookie Betts and I'll be extremely happy. Um, but you know, obviously that's not gonna happen, but probably not, uh, probably not. This is a fantastic landing spot for him, right? Philly's a great place to hit. He's going to hit on top 
of that really, really good lineup. Um, I think it really helps the team kind of overcome a little bit of, you know, the uh, the missing offense they're going to have from Harper exactly. uh, earlier on in the season. So, and then once Harper comes back, you, you know, that, that lineup becomes even thicker uh, with its best player back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love this. I mean, he was already going off the board, like number one, number two in most yeah. drafts. I think he's going to go zero with that. now. Yeah. yeah. He's going to rise to zero with. I'm sure there are going to be people who be like, well, he's leaving that amazing Dodgers offense. Like, he's going to a just amazing offense in a better park. In a better park, yeah. Yeah. And, like, the like parks in the uh, the National League East, I mean, outside of, like, Mets and Marlins, like, are, are pretty, you know, Washington's a great place to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Philadelphia's a great place to hit. Atlanta's a great place to hit. Like, these are all he does, great He does parks. lose Colorado, of course, though, too. Yeah, that's not true. not but as more, much, but more balanced schedule. He's gonna yeah. get to go to Colorado. Yeah, so he, he will still get at least one one triple. And it's Trey Turner. I'm not worried. You know, when he was a Nat, we weren't worried. He's been in this. He's been in this division before. That's the thing too. When someone returns to a division, you know damn well that they're comfortable with the dimensions of the five uh, parks in that division because they've been playing there so long. So I'm not worried about that with Trey. And as you mentioned, can't really move him up any higher than than first, second. And obviously from what you've said, you're not uh, moving him down either. And the Phillies were top five team in terms of team stolen bases last year. I like that. Dodgers weren't bad. Dodgers were ninth. But okay. So yeah, both teams, I mean, you know, both you can expect them to run where he's not going to stop running. Those. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely not yeah. going to stop running. So. And that's important. You got to look at that because even if even if he goes to a, even if he had gone to a spot that might have cost Trey Turner like five or six deals, that can be huge. Mm-hmm. But we do not expect that. If anything, maybe they let him turn it up a little bit more, especially like you said to bridge the gap on some of that missing offense for Harper. Maybe he gets to run early and then slows down as the season goes on. Who can say for sure? Uh, we'll see. Let's keep it going with Hader since there's not a whole lot with the Turner move. This was a biggie. Jesse Winker's on the move again. After a disastrous season with Seattle, that park move was a nightmare and, and injuries crept back up into his life. Um, Winker and Abraham Toro are headed to Milwaukee for Colton Wong. This is a really interesting mid-tier deal. Uh, let's start with Winker going back, uh, going back to the National League Central and joining the Brewers. How did you feel when you saw that news? Um, I don't really care. I know I, you got to pull I mean, me off your board, and and we have a disagreement on that. We got. We're talking about a guy who already this offseason had a knee surgery and a back surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, there were real, uh, re- real questions about his work ethic uh, in Seattle. One of the reasons, apparently, why Seattle wanted to trade him is because he's lazy. Um, interesting. I hadn't seen that. Yeah, uh, that he does not like to do um, uh, work outside of just, you know, playing in the games and stuff. And I really blame uh, their work sounds stupid. Yeah, work's dumb. But uh, yeah, I, I guess like even like, you know, they're, you know, it was a young team that really liked to like work out together and stuff like that. And he would just pass up on doing that kind of stuff um it's interesting too because we project a lot on the winker because he has like those fun fan interactions and everything and he's seen mm-hmm. as like a really good guy and so i think that might cloud him from some of this this criticism here about you yeah. know who he really is at working and maybe that goes into the rampant injury history that winker has right you know we talk about how staying healthy can be a skill listen sometimes your body's just going to give out and, and you're going to have troubles but 
staying in good shape certainly aids your ability to stay healthy. And maybe that's part of the problem with Winker and why he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, our disagreement came with, you know, I'm, I'm taking a shot on a guy who's hit like that uh, outside pick 300. One thing I will say, though, in the December drafts, he has moved inside the top 300. So I'm still, you know, at, at a 293 ADP. 70th outfielder off the board, though. I, I will say it is literally insane for you to say he's off your board as a 70th outfielder, though. A guy who can hit like I this mean, for all not, of his flaws, you he's, literally he's said not, off my board. Yeah, he's not technically off my board, um, especially because outfield sucks so bad. Like, this so, is exactly and, the kind of guy you, know. you take a shot on, though, right? Like, I, I'm not a huge winger guy, and I was fully out last year once he moved yeah. to Seattle. And and the injuries, I full I fully grant you all that, but that's why he's picked three hundred. So Give me Austin. How are you going to complain about Winker's health and then take Give Austin me. fucking Meadows, who was many diseases to get last year? If I'm going to take a guy, I'm just going to I'm going to. He got Austin. like knee vertigo. Or something. Me, he was combining me, issues. Give me Tommy Pham. Give me. You want to uh, talk about health? That guy's a hundred years old. He's like the shitty Jesse Winker. Alec Thomas. Give me um mm, Abisel Garcia. One too much. Like, where where are you in the draft board? Oh, these guys are going later. Okay. Yeah, these are all guys going out. Give give me give me our boy. I will share him with you. Edward Oliver. I knew you were gonna say when you said our boy, I knew I knew where you were going. I knew where you yeah, were going. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. Just that he's you know, guy's got a real platoon risk. Um, though he did hit lefties better this year, and it wasn't like bad if influence or anything like that. Um, he just didn't hit righties. Here, That's the thing. I mean, he did no nothing problem. against yeah. righties. Winker put um, up a 651 OPS against them. That's just dreadful. Yeah. And yeah, he did waste kind of a decent outing of a 794 OPS against lefties. Um, usually does have a platoon problem. But I like going back to the better park. I just think that this is the kind of gamble I'm going to take late. You know, if, if it's not a bad gamble. I mean, at, at this point, like you said, like 70th outfielder off the board, who cares? Like, it's right? an injury gamble, and I'm not going to pile up a bunch of them. Yeah. I just I prefer other ones. So I'm that's not, that's fair. That's fair. I, I had to get you off the he's off my board thing though. That's the one thing I, I wasn't going to accept. This is a plus hitter who's been good, but I, I fully understand the risks. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like, oh no, no, he's not a health risk at all. He plays all the time. Yeah, right. So there's definitely issues with Winker, but if you want to get back in, I think that there is reason to uh, with the late pick, but don't take too many guys like this. If you start getting three, four guys that are this uh health challenge, you're gonna get burnt. Winker would be my one major health gamble later in drafts. It, it, about, I mean, it's a good gamble moving to Miller. Moving, to, it's not Miller yeah. Park anymore. But yeah, great American else. Family greatness or something. I'm still calling him Miller. Yeah, I, I don't. These park changes, whatever. Let's talk about the other pieces in the deal. Not not Toro. Sorry, Toro. I know we had some uh, deep league love for him last year, but he didn't do shit. Colton Wong. Golden Wong is one of those guys, classic better real life player than fantasy, due to the fact that he's obviously a Gold Glove defender. But he's not a bad fantasy player, especially because he steals. How do you feel about Colton Wong moving now from Milwaukee to Seattle? Um, definitely don't like it for the power. Uh, but because uh, I mean, you know, he has 15 home runs with Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Thoroughly expect that to come down a little bit in Seattle. So you're probably talking like 12, 10 to 12. St. Louis, pretty difficult to hit in. He had a 12, mm -hmm. an 11, an 11 there. So I think that's where you're kind of capping out is the low double digits for Colton Wong. I agree with you there. Uh, but, 
uh, you know, he'll he'll run. Seattle's a team that doesn't mind pushing it on the base paths, and um, I think he get for average. And uh, but more importantly, the defense uh, is really really good for those pitchers, uh, and I, I love seeing them kind of shore that up. My main concern becomes uh, not for any of these guys we've even mentioned. It becomes for J.P. Crawford, who the the Mariners reportedly still are in on the other three big shortstops. See, and I thought they would go for a big shortstop and move J.P. to second. So I'm right there yeah, with you. When now, this now trade happened, Crawford, I was like, just, it, And Crawford supposedly is like a really, like, the, the front office really likes Crawford. Very well so. regarded. But at a certain point, are you not getting enough when you're only getting, you know, two wins yeah. from your shortstop? Now, he was a three-win player last year. It, he's shown that he can be a nice, solid three-win guy. Is nice if you're getting surplus value at at other spots. There, um, you know, three wins is not bad. But if they want one of these five-win type guys, and then Colton Wong is second, does Crawford fall into a utility role? Yeah, I think he would. I mean, I think maybe he becomes a super utility guy. He'd say, hey. Maybe you learn the outfield a little bit, and if yeah. Kalnick isn't, you know, up to snuff, um, you know, maybe you are. You know, Wong has injury history, so like, true. Uh, maybe you know, you you know, become his backup at second base. Something happens to him. You're back to being a full time player. But uh, you, Crawford's one of those guys that I always love targeting in DCs because he just plays. He plays. just plays, and like he's uh, he's a guy who's just always going to be on the field, but not if he doesn't have a spot. So. I'm a little bit worried about Crawford. Wong, I think, is uh, fine. Like, yes, his power takes a hit a little bit, but uh, the offense around him is going to be better, so maybe the counting categories are a little bit better for him. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's just kind of a, an underrated, you know, veteran kind of guy that I love uh, in deeper formats. Yep, I think that's a great way to put it. And then did you have anything you want to say about Toro? Are you, are you taking him in DCs anymore? I know we liked him last year, but he really didn't come through for us. I'm a little little perturbed by this move. It's definitely a better part for him, but what's the role going to be? You see like the everyday second baseman. Is that like, um, you know, what, what they kind of uh, look at him as like right now, Rick Ross, we don't even have him on the team. Yeah. Ross resource says he's going down to the minors. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, Bryce Terang, you know, that he's J Jason's kind of uh Jason Martinez who runs, Ross resource, a little bit of speculation there because Bryce Terang has not made the majors, but he did have a wonderful triple A season. So I understand why he's saying, Hey, maybe this guy could, could break camp. Uh, he's not going to break camp. And be, the, God, why you can't miss that out of hand anymore. The cost cutting uh, brewers who are trading away guys to save mm -hmm. money. Like, but look at this trade. They just did. It's money shuffling. I think, I, I don't think that they're just dumping money. Yeah. I, you know, they, they traded because they didn't want to have to pay haters price this year, which, hey, I'm always in favor of not wanting to pay a closer top dollar prices. Um, they trade Wong, who is making uh, 10 mil this year. But how much is Winker making? It can't be that far off. Well, and they sent they sent money with Wong, I think. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Winker making 8.3 mil. So this is not, I don't think this is, I don't think they're dumping. I don't think they're, I, I don't think they're, everything. I don't think they're dumping, but I also think they're, if, if but, but if they're trying to save money, why wouldn't they keep, why wouldn't they bring Terang up? Because they want a, a service time. You're a service time. But so. you can get the draft pick if he wins rookie of the year. He plays all year. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. It's, a, it's a little incongruous to say that they're dumping money, but then they wouldn't put, pay the rookie or play the rookie from day one. 
especially now in a system that better incentivizes you to play guys who are ready from day one. I'm just careful not to dismiss out of hand guys breaking camp anymore. We used to just pretty much flat be like, oh, this guy's not going to break camp. This guy's teams, not gonna break and I think camp. Milwaukee falls into one of these teams. I think they're going to be careful with service time on, this guy, on these guys. I think other teams that have shown to be more aggressive, um, especially now with the new rules, I think you, you can you can not worry about it so much. Uh, but I, I think Milwaukee just seems like a cheap team. Like They, they want to they are a smart team for sure because they they work on a more limited budget, but they're smart. They're, I don't think they're just cutting corners to cut corners, and I don't think Bryce Terang needs to have his service time really like stifled. He's twenty three. I don't old. either. But not that high of an upside guy. I totally see. I think he could break. Wow. I hope he's not listening. I think Bryce Terang's a perfectly solid guy, but he's not somebody wow. that you're like. I gotta keep him down for those extra three weeks to get. The extra year of future Hall of Famer Bryce Trent. How, how dare you? Uh, a couple of trade rumors to discuss. Neither have come through yet. Maybe we'll have uh, you know new landing spots for these guys on Friday's episode. But two guys really being discussed heavily right now. Brian Reynolds said, "I want out. Get me out of Schittsburg. He has officially made it clear that he wants out. He's been on the block, you know, forever it seems. But now there's something behind it saying that they want, you know, he wants out. Um, obviously we would love to see Brian Reynolds on a different team just because it would improve his stock. Do you have a front runner that you would best uh, like to see him on the Yankees? I've been hearing that one a lot and, uh, yeah, it makes um, some sense because you, you can put him on a corner. He doesn't have to play center then because you have Bader who's way better. I mean, there's one team in particular that I don't necessarily want to see him on, but would be really fun to see him on. Um, and they have a GM who likes to, make these kind of moves um in Dave oh, I, that, that was my first thing though it was my you're wearing the hat right I now know, it was literally giving me my when you said a gm likes to make moves i was like oh signing a veteran or trading for a veteran he must be talking about dombrowski but i wasn't sure if you were going on you were going to give me another clue there but yeah i mean you talk about that after adding turner I screw my brandon marsh shares but i know that would kill uh, your marsh shares Maybe Marsh um, is part of the package. Uh, actually, wait, 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 wait. I don't think it would kill your Marsh shares. Get fucking Castellanos out of there. I know he made those great sliding catches. And I, Casty, I love Yeah, you, but you've got to have a place for Harper when Harper returns. Now, you worry about that one. That That's after Marsh puts up a 62 WRC plus while Harper's out. How then you take you. him out. But initially, I don't think it would kill your boy because then you just put Castellanos at DH, Reynolds in a corner with Schwarber. And um and Marsh and Center. I, I mean, so I don't I, think it would initially. I think kill. it makes a lot of sense for them. Um, uh, you know, here another team. What, what's a team that just lost their center fielder? Has a lot of money and a lot of prospects to trade. So a perfect fit. It's the Dodgers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if they don't go out and get well, even if they do, right? You can't. You don't have to say if. I was say if they don't go out and get somebody like Rodon, yeah, they could get both. Let's be honest, especially since yeah. one's a trade, one's money. We got James Outman penciled in the left field right now. We got Trace Thompson penciled in the short, and I know they both listen. They've been listeners for a long time, so no shade to either. Of them. And I, I'm dra- I've been drafting Outman everywhere, by the way. But this uh, is like my last round. Yeah. I, I like that. I like taking the gamble on him in DCs. But this is the Dodgers. I cannot see them going into the season with those two as starters. No. So they make a lot lot of sense for a Reynolds trade and we know that they've got the pieces to do it like it that being be- said the pirates have said they are not trading him I don't believe oh so them. he I- wants to trade and they're they're trying to stand tough yeah 
they they were negotiating a long term deal. The negotiations uh, fell through, um, ah, and he's okay. like, "All right, then you guys don't want to pay me. I'm out, or I want out." And they're saying no. Yeah, because why would they? Like you know. I mean, well, yeah, they, I mean, not in for another three or no, another two seasons, three seasons. That's no, what I was going to ask you. Uh, I pulled it up, pulling it up right now. Hang yeah, on. he's a free agent in 2026. They got yep. three more seasons. Um, he'll he he'll, he'll be arb eligible for the first time next year. Like he's 28 what? though. This is the time to trade him. It really I is. I, I know it's hard for these crap teams to always trade their dudes. You know, right as as they're kind of hitting that uh, that arbitration. And you can get a mint for but that's exactly like, yeah. it is that you can get so much for Reynolds right now because of the time that you have left, because of the quality of player that he is. I think you turn around and send you know, him my giants, send him back to my giants. Like, exactly, because that's where he came from. And yeah, and it's you know McCutcheon deal, yeah. For, I mean, yeah, for McCutcheon, right? Like so that was mm -hmm. uh you know, pretty good player going back there. Now you guys are sending the McCutcheon, you being the pirates here. You guys get the big return here, and not a one for one. Or actually, Kyle Crick was in that deal too. They mm -hmm. can get like two strong prospects and maybe like a third throw into. They can get a big return here because it was a McCutcheon rental, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. So McCutcheon rental for Reynolds. Reynolds has now overperformed where he was at the time of that trade. You're getting way more than that in return. So Pirates talking tough right now, saying they're not going to trade him. I'm with you. I, I call BS. I understand why they come out and say that, right? They don't want to give up their leverage. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to give up any leverage. But yeah. they're, they're wrong. They're trading him. They're going to trade him. Uh, this one is going to be traded. Um, in fact, they, they, they're hinting that like something's already done. We just don't know which team. Sean Murphy uh, from Oakland on the way out is what we're hearing right now. We don't have anything concrete. Um, the initial talk was there was some Braves rumoring, and now today was counter to that, saying it he is still on the move, but it's not the Braves. But we don't have any info that's concrete as of 322 uh, Central Time on Monday the 5th. But what do you think of the A's move in Sean Murphy? You're obviously not surprised by that, but if it's not the Braves, who do you think it is? Houston, Cleveland? Um, other teams that could be interesting. Those are just the two that I, I know. Oh, uh, St. Louis, obviously they lost a catcher of import. So what do you think about uh, Sean Murphy? Oh, man, this is tough because, like, and I, I wrote him up last night because I did the uh, ADP market report on, on catchers, uh, mm -hmm. and um, and he was one of the guys who, who bumped up. I love Sean Murphy in Oakland. Even though it's a shitty team, he plays every day six he, something plate appearances this yeah, past six, year as a catcher 119 plate appearances led Bro. all of major league baseball for catchers um he will it's definitely wonderful. lose 200 plate appearances being moved he'll be on a better team and in a better park no matter where he ends up i mean does uh, the atlanta so, thing make any sense no no would Contreras go back and, and darno i know yeah, like, and manny pena is going to come back from I think they had him on a two year. They did have him on a two year. So Manny Pena, yeah, who no, was supposed Atlanta, to be the backup. Atlanta doesn't make sense at all. Uh, Houston makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. If, if they're willing to trade in division. Um, I, think, I, I think they would. Those I two teams yeah, have traded. I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't be. Um, the Cubs, maybe? And like Contreras walk? Contreras already walked. Well, I'm, I'm saying like, don't yeah. resign him. Uh, yeah, not, he, yeah, he is currently so. a free agent. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I think um, Boston. 
I could see Boston. I, I think Cleveland is still a good Cleveland makes too. a ton of sense, but they like, might be going with Naylor though. They might be committed to Bo Naylor as like their their uh, full time guy. Houston obviously his price would would skyrocket. St. Louis if, makes the most sense. St. Louis and Houston, I think, make which I, I, I think they're which tied making suck. the most sense. Because yeah. you now you move to a park that still sucks to hit in. And now you're definitely not going to be DHing regularly. Um, and probably what bottom third of the lineup. Yeah. So like that would be like worst case scenario, or at least bottom uh, half. Like even though it's a much it. better team, like you'd still be looking in, in losing 200 plate appearances, and uh, and being in a really bad part. So probably not back to 20 home runs and. Um, Especially if he doesn't get 7,000 play yeah. appearances. Sean Murphy is currently the 11th catcher off the board at pick 132. That's um, that's December only. That's, that's just mm-hmm. narrowing it down to four drafts because I just wanted to see based on the, the rumoring heating up. I'm going to give you the team. You tell me where you think he generally goes if he goes there. Houston. Does he move up from 11? Yeah, he moves up from 11 in Houston. Like top, Rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, he would go into the top 10. Um, unless you're thinking, yeah, even if he moved up one, that would still be top 10. Do you think he goes more like five, six where, or actually there's a big gap here. He could slot in Adley's at 61 at number five. Alejandro Kirk is at pick 94 at, at, as catcher number six. Do you think Murphy goes into that, into the middle between those two? I, I think he join the nineties with Kirk Contreras and Melendez. Yeah. Kirk Contreras and Melendez. Okay. So he's in the nineties. Uh, what about if he goes to Cleveland? Oh, that's an interesting spot because he could still DH there. Like that, like that's a place where like he could still and find plate appearances. A neutral park, like yeah, leans somewhat hittery. If I'm, I think it, I think crazy. it leans somewhat hittery for. Let for me look righties. for righties. Yeah. Um, so, do you think he'd go up to the same spot, a little bit lower? Or I think he'd probably go. I don't think he's jumping up into that upper tier. I don't care where he ends up. Okay. Yeah. And Houston was the best one. So I figured we would probably work yeah. down from here. Uh, Cleveland's better for lefties than righties. It's more neutral okay. for righties, uh, better for uh, positive for lefties. And then the last spot that we said, St. Louis, which you don't like. Would I, he, I, I think he'd still move up, but I would be probably be out. Would he go ahead of William Contreras at pick 118? He's 132 right now for Sean Murphy. I think who we're talking I, about. I don't think he would because I think William Contreras is the like fun young guy. I agree. I agree. I think I agree with your assessment on all three there. Um, I'm maybe a little bit higher if he goes to Houston. I do think he would fit in that 61 to 94 range between Rutschman and Kirk, but you don't have him going much further than that because Contreras and Melendez are 99 and 100 respectively. And you said he was going to be in that Kirk to Melendez group. So we're pretty lockstep there on Sean Murphy. Let me refresh trade rumors to make sure that we don't have anything else as we wrap up here. Kodai Senga getting interest. We're not going to talk about him until he inks somewhere. Oh, last one here. Last one, just real quick. Yeah. Luisa Rice getting some trade rumors, which kind of surprises me. What do you think about that? Um, is he somebody that you're interested in just coming, regardless of whether Luisa Rice was traded or not? Did his 2022 season uh, bring your interest in him up when he hit 316? Eight homers and he was four for eight on the bases. Are you intrigued by Luis Arise now? He's first and second eligible. Oh, only first and second eligible. That becomes uh, yeah. He had second, third, and outfield last year. <sighs> I'm still interested because I mean he's like a top 
just inside the top 200 kind of pick right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard part is the other guys going around him. I, I like, I mean, he's going ahead of Josh Bell, you know, Ooh, um, I don't know about that, you know, going, going ahead of triple eligible DJ LeMahieu, um, going ahead of Josh Naylor, going ahead of Matt. So I feel like is the community going to sleep on, on, uh, LeMahieu again. Absolutely. We, we did last year. Yeah, I'm fine. We got influenced by he's uh, still triple eligible. He's still got first, second, and third. So like I it was heavy roster resource influence. Remember, he was penciling in as a uh, bench player. And I think a lot of us were just like, well, you know, and I'm not shading Jason on that. I understood why he mapped it out that way, but push come to shove, uh he was too good. He played a bunch and went healthy and ended up being a bit of a, a draft bargain. I could see that happening again. What does Luis Arise do for an encore here? We know he's always been a good batting average guy. That wasn't really a surprise that he got uh, you know, a batting average crown, hitting 316. The eight homers, though, were a pretty significant jump. He hit two the year before. So while it's still just eight, I mean, it's 4X. Like that. you know, It's not the same as a, a, a 10 home run hitter 4Xing. I understand that. Uh, do you think he can be an 8 to 10 kind of guy, or do you think Luis Arise... Uh, just got lucky with eight homers this past year. I think it can depending on the park. So I think it really depends on where he were to end up. Um, okay. Uh, I, I think I feel more comfortable projecting six, seven, eight home runs, something like yeah. that. Uh, but if he were to end up in um, Cincinnati, I'm going to trade for him. Uh, <laughs> that would be the best park, though. Yeah. You know, what, about, uh, uh, what about the Angels? They need a second baseman. Uh, I mean, they got David Fletcher, who's basically the um, same. Never mind. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. They already have I mean, Luis Arise, and they got Luis Renhifo, who kind of cuts a, a an Arise. I actually, he's got more punch. Yeah. He had seventeen homers. Never. I'm mind. like trying to think of like a, a good land. Here, here's yeah. an interesting. I was line. only saying Angels because they're a good park for lefties. By the way, I don't. There's no rumoring of him to the Angels. Where Where, where do you think Arise would fit? You know, you you look for a team that maybe has a number of holes where he could play all over the place. Yeah, that's um, actually a good way to look at it. And you know, a uh, team, but the team that's still kind of competing and could use it. What about the Red Sox? Like, yeah, he could play all. You know, Bogarts is you know potentially gone. Almost certainly gone. Yeah, he could he could play second. He could play third if they you know do move on from Devers because there's been talk that they could trade Devers. So. Um, play the outfield, he can like, bounce in the outfield, yeah. And I mean, he played a lot of first this year. I don't think you want Luis Arise as your first no. baseman on a on a and um, they first got, division they team. They got like three first basemen, but they all had different levels of grave disappointment. Hosmer's just not good. Casas only played for twenty seven games. He was actually good. He just didn't play that much. He was fine. But then Dahlbeck. You know, he just struck out right now. I don't know why he's striking out right. He's a cute. I'm looking at his page. His it's like spinning like a little counter. <laughs> Strikeouts are just going up right now. There's not even games happening. What about the Giants? Out. I mean, it would be awful for his home run production, but but everything else, the, the Giants wanted Wong before he was traded to Seattle. So like, and you guys Giants? can bounce him around too. But yeah, he'd be a perfect kind of guy for the Giants. Put in like, all sorts of stuff. I mean, he would, you know, he would, he would probably hit 400, but he's only getting like three home runs. He'd be like that Donovan Solano season. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't know. Like, yeah, there, there's I, some I, rise rumors. I feel like around pick 200, I think I'm 
trying to look for the next loose rise. Yeah, as absolutely. opposed to paying for that price, um, especially because he just puts you at such a deficit in home runs and RBIs. Yeah, the batting I, average is great, and maybe like if you have this like really like high upside like powers, you know, speedy team. Um, but your batting average is in real doubt. Like then you go, okay, I'm gonna add Luis Rise, and he's gonna he's gonna help solidify some batting average for me. But it's really like a team contextual, you know, play. I completely um, agree, and you know and how I, I feel about these guys. I yeah. I got a plan to take them because that power hurts so much. You really have to have the power mapped out. These batting average only guys and, and speedsters. I really want to plan to take them. They can be a, a pivot in draft. Like you said, if you're stacking up a bunch of batting average risks, you could then go to a rise, but you got to be careful. And I did say Donovan Solano season. I should have said Donovan Solano run with San Francisco because from 19 to 21, he was really nice for y'all. 308, 354, 435, but he hit 14 homers and 775 plate appearances. So I think the comp kind of works there that uh, Luis like, Arise would be a bit Solano-esque. I'd rather like take a gamble on like the uh, Michael Massey's of the world, like, 200 picks later or mm -hmm. you know, um i'm trying to think of other like batting potential batting out you have michael brantley's going 440 like you know oh yeah give me those kind of batting average guys as opposed to taking you know uh, taking a gamble on uh a guy who's gonna give me no like potentially like he could hit two home runs and it would not surprise me or i oh so. absolutely I, I absolutely know. no I, I would totally think that that's every bit as viable as him hitting another eight for Luis Arise. but yeah. uh, again these are early rumors we don't even know what's necessarily going on I just saw it float his name floating around a bunch um today and we're getting a lot of other rumors as well the winter meetings are going on and I'll tell you what if we get too many moves here in the middle of the week we might have to do a an impromptu episode but for now absolutely. Well, we'll and now that now that we're recording on Mondays and Fridays, maybe we'll add a third Wednesday episode to get something in the middle. Love uh, that especially, idea, especially in season. Yes, absolutely. In season, you can damn near plan for it. Off season here, we'll see how our schedules are working, but uh, we're still pumping everything out, having a good time with it. You're still working on your projections, working on mine and my rankings. Justin, I'm gonna let you get back to work, man. But I will talk to you on Friday. Take it easy.